Father, would you please, in this moment, Lord, bless your people. I pray that those that are here and those that are in their homes, that even now, Lord, on YouTube and time released as they're going to be on the internet, Lord, that you would allow your joy to come over them. Holy Spirit, you're everywhere at all times, but I pray that you would make yourself evident. And Lord, you said there is a stand for the witness where you declared, tarry there and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in your home, in Judea, in your churches, and Samaria, in your community, and the ends of the earth, all around the world. I thank you, Father, that miracles are flowing right now. Thank you that your spirit is moving. Thank you, Lord, that even now, Lord, there is a witness in the spirit that something is happening. Something is just around the corner. And Lord, we thank you that what is past is not the end. But Lord, the best is yet to come. So hide me behind the cross, Lord. I sit down that your spirit would rise up. Quicken my mouth, Lord. Loosen my stammering tongue. That at the end of this, we would be able to celebrate one to another. And know that there is a place that we stand. And it is unshakable. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said, Look at your neighbor and say, there is a stand that you have to stand because you're a witness. All right. Come on, sit down if you can. You know, when we look at where we are right now in the context of, of our timing, God himself, I believe, has ordered our steps into this place. And I believe that no matter where we find ourselves right now, and if you're at home, Hit me with some high fives and also some hearts and let us know that you're listening and that you're a part of that. Thank you, God bless you. But I want to give you my thesis as well because we hang this on something. We believe in looking at the Old Testament but also the New Testament. The Old Testament is the shadow. The New Testament is the substance and we live in the manifestation of the word of God. Amen? And it's important that we realize that what we're going through is not unusual, it's not unending, and it's not unfruitful. When we begin to understand that, then we'll realize that, that there is grace in this season as well. You know, you hear so many people talking about how long we'll be in and what's going to take place, but it's important for us, the people of God, to recognize that we don't take our lead from the world, but we take our lead from the Word. And we make sure that we find out what God says first, for he says, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else shall be added. My thesis is this, because we got to hang it on something, and I won't go far away from that. I don't drift beyond that. But this is a thesis. Humbility is heaven's ability for the natural to be supernatural. Listen to this. There is a delicate tension between realizing what we are and remembering what we were. So many times, you know, we, we get it twisted. Somebody said, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. We get it twisted where we think that just because we have gone through a season that we're not the same people. But it's not going through a season that changes who you are, but it's how you go through the season and who you go through the season with when you come to the end of the season that determines who you are. 
But you got to remember what you were before the season because take a picture of that person and after you get out of the season, see and even do an examination on yourself, whether you're the same or you've come out better. But the Lord said you could either be bitter or you could be better, but I've got a plan for you because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, we've been talking about David, the king of old, and he started off as a shepherd boy. He had a humble beginning. He started off in a stinky place, but he ended up as the king of all of Israel. And God had such a plan for him, and he has the same plan for your life as well. Maybe not to be the king of all of Israel, but he has a place for you that you will be a witness for him. And I believe in this hour, this is why you're going through what you're going through. There's a whole lot of pressure that's on our lives. All of us are going through pressures of some sort. And that's why I said he turns our pressure into praise. He takes our mourning into dancing. You've got to arm yourself with a mind that I have a mind for more. Your mind is where the battle really is. It's the battle that's between the ears that we've got to fight that battle. But there's so many battles that David fought in his life. And we are privileged to see from his life that he also had some mighty men around him. In other words, don't try to go it alone because no man, no woman is an island. We need each other to get through everything that we're going through. Come on, can I get a good amen? amen. We can't live this life by ourselves. There are 59 one another statements. Love one another, encourage one another, support one another. I believe that it's, it's so important with the one another that God put that in there for, to remind us who would want to go it alone that you can't do this by yourself. There's no such thing in the New Testament as a New Testament believer, a Christian, by themselves. That's why the Bible said, do not forsake the assembling of yourself as some are in the manner of doing so. On the contrary, provoke one another. Sometimes you got to be pushed into your purpose by somebody else. And you can do sure a whole lot more with a spot than you can do by yourself. If you're trying to lift some weights or you're trying to squat some weights, I tell you what, if you're by yourself, you're going to have a necktie. But if you try to do that and you got somebody there, just to look at somebody reaching over with their hands is enough to give you an extra push. I believe the Lord says today, it's time for you to push. I'm your spotter today, and it's time for you to push. I believe that God says that weight is it's doable. It's time to push. Come on, somebody say, it's time to push. And part of that push is in your prayer. And when you're beginning to say, I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm not letting it go. I'm not giving up. So many people will give up, and they'll come out of this pandemic. But what are they going to look like when they get out? Because I've been talking to a lot of folks, and they say, you know what? I put on some pounds during this pandemic. Now, that's your choice, praise God, because you can do some push-ups, push up and away from that table. That's up to you, though, but I'm going to leave that one alone because I, that was not a word of knowledge. It was just an observation. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. You ain't liking me today. That's all right. Praise God. Stay with me, though. Amen. You know, we find that David, David did something. The Bible says that he was the son of David, Jesus himself, and in order to be on a winning team, You've got to understand that you are not by yourself, number one, but also at the same time, you need others on the team. If you're going to be on the team, you need others that are on the team. Even in the Olympics, they, they, they fight and they play for a country. And when you look at right now the NBA finals and things that are happening in sports as it's returned to television, they're a team. 
And that team means together everyone accomplishes more. But David had a team as well. And I learned two principles from his life as we've been looking at David. And the first principle is this. You must have a strong defense if you're going to be on the team. Right now, defense is so critical because as much as offense is flashy and it looks good for everyone, it's defense that wins championships. And you've got to have a strong defense if you're going to have an effective offense. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Samuel. It says this in the 23rd chapter in the 11th and 12th verse. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herorite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Come on, somebody say lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, verse 12. But he stationed himself. That's what he did, Shama. Somebody say Shama. He stationed himself in the middle of the field and defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. So what's the big deal about these lentils? You see, that's what some of the, the Israelites that ran away were thinking. What's the big deal about lentils? Well, I'm going to tell you what the big deal about lentils is. It wasn't the lentil in themselves, but Shama recognized because God gave me this field. God literally entrusted these lentils to me. It might have looked like when he stood and rolled his arms up, his sleeves up to fight, that this was a petty, petty fight. But it was prophetic. It was not petty at all. Because when God gives you a promise, he's the one that is giving you also a guarantee that it's going to come to pass. But it's for you to fight for the promise. Oh, come on, somebody. You've got to fight for the promise because there's a fight for every one of us. Just because God has given you the promise doesn't mean that there's not going to be an opposition to the promise. Every promise in your life is going to come with an opposition. But it comes with an opposition because you gain strength in your struggle. So you might be right where you, you started, but you're also on the road. But you got to declare to yourself, I'm struggling, but I'm striving somewhere in between. Amen. I might be struggling, but I'm striving because I've got a promise and I'm between here and heaven to see God and I'm somewhere in between. So don't count me out right now because I got a promise in my hand. And if you got a promise, you also got a blessing that you're going to make it to the other side. Somebody needs to be praising God in this place. I'm going to make it to the other side. Oh, glory to God. You see, this is important because when Shama was there, he knew what he was defending. Number one, what he was defending, he was saying, I'm fighting for my field. You see, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.27, nor give place to the devil. You see, if you give him a toehold, he'll take a foothold. And once he gets a foothold in that place, it's just a matter of time that he lulls you to sleep, and then he's coming in to kick the doors down. But the, this is the thing about Shama. Shama knew that if the Philistines would occupy this field, now, he was going to be giving up so much ground that there wouldn't be any ground left. How much ground have you been giving up during this pandemic? 
The Holy Spirit put it in my spirit. He said, Shaman knew that God had given him the field, and this is his area of responsibility. And he was standing as a witness for God. And not, it wasn't about the Philistines. The Philistines had very little to do with this. This had everything to do with what he believed that God had called him to do. Oh, hallelujah. What has God called you to do? What are you right now praying and believing God for? You see, this is important because not only was he fighting, come on, somebody say, I got to fight for his field, but he was fighting for his food. I want you to get this. Don't miss this because you got to get this in your good ear. The psalmist says in 119th Psalm and 103rd verse, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than the honey, than honey to my mouth. Now, this field of lentils was the only food that they had to eat. So Shama's food was at stake here. He planted it, he cultivated it, and he was ready to defend it. Our daily bread, the word of God, we've got to be able to, put, to, to just defend that word that God gives us. We've got to be prepared. When God gives me a promise, even on a Sunday, when Monday comes along, I'm not throwing my hands up and wondering where God is. I'm fighting and I'm standing in my promise. When I got my promise, I've also got a problem on my hands, but the problem is a situation to learn by because God is bringing me out of that situation. I feel somebody coming out of a situation right now. I don't care about a pandemic. I got a promise and it's prophetic. Somebody give him a prophetic praise in this house. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You got it. Come on, somebody say, I got it, and I'm fighting for it. Come on, sit down if you can. You're using my time. <laughs> you see, the thing about Shama, Shama was not only fighting for his food, but he was fighting for his family. What are you fighting for? Because, see, I've learned a long time ago in the art of war that if you don't know what you're fighting for, you don't have a reason to stand. But if you got something to fight for, if you're fighting for a marriage, if you're fighting for your child, if you're fighting for your sanity, if you're fighting for that, I guarantee it was on Friday night when we came to prayer, and I thank all of you who've been coming to prayer, that God says that this bride that he has right now, he has opened up the windows of heaven, and he's pouring out blessings that we cannot contain. But he said this, this bride is no ordinary bride. This is a bawling, this is a brawling bride. This is a bride that says, I'll fight you, because for Jesus, I will fight you. The wedding feast will not be stopped. The bride will be married. And she's declaring, if he is the king of kings, the lord of lords, riding on a white horse, then I'm his wife and I'm going to knock you out. I got a promise. And when I got a promise, I don't care what the problem is. He's going to give, my God, he's going to give me the victory and turn it around. Oh, glory to God. If you believe it, shout yes. Whoo. You got to realize that he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, you look at that bride and you think that she all sweet and everything. But when she turns that veil around, God's turning her situation around. Because she's putting her hands up. And you, what you didn't look at is you saw the veil and you saw the dress, but you should have saw, saw her footwear. Yeah. 
because her foot game had some brogans on. This is a bride in brogans. In other words, she's going to get this thing on because she declaring this wedding feast will not be stopped. Jesus is coming back. And because he's coming back, I'm coming to him while he's coming to me. And he's going to fight his way to his church. And my, oh God, I feel something in this house. If you believe that he's fighting for you, somebody shout yes. I ain't angry, I'm excited. Because he was fighting for his family. That's what the witness stand is all about. There comes a moment that you're going to have to stand. The Lord has done everything that he can do for you. But now it's your turn. You see, this is, this is interesting because Shama must have thought when, when everybody was looking at him, his Jewish comrades, like this boy is crazy. This, this man is crazy. What is he doing? Because everybody else ran. A lot of people think you're crazy because of what you believe in in this season. Because everybody else is running to and fro, trying to look at, listen to this and that. But God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all else shall be added. You see, they can call you crazy if they want. But I looked at Shama's name, and it means Jehovah is there. Did you get that? That person that looks to be crazy because they're holding on to something that seems like it has no life. It's like Lazarus and, 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 and Martha and Mary and Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Literally what he's saying to you, beloved, is he said, I'll allow some things to die in your life in order to show you that I alone can resurrect it. And when I resurrect it, oh, glory to God, nothing can kill it. Because the man of God and the woman of God in the will of God is unstoppable until God is through using them. You might have a promise. It might look dead right now. But I hear the Holy Ghost giving it mouth to mouth. He's breathing on you right now. Right now. There is a promise inside of you that's coming alive in this moment. Somebody shout yes. They might have counted you out. But the Lord said, number your days that you gain a heart of wisdom. Shama, the Lord that's there. Shama. The one that will be recognized as the one who brought his people back to Israel. Shama, the one that's there with you when you go beyond these four walls. Shama, the one that's with you right now that's going to give you the roof over your head, the clothes on your back. He's going to give you the food on your table. Shama. He's going to be the one that is going to be with you when you get on that Zoom call, when you feel like I can't just make one more drink at Starbucks. Shama says, I'm with you and with me for you. Who can stand against you? What's that name? Shama. The God that's there. The God that's there right now. But let me ask you a question. Are you so concerned about what others might be saying about you and therefore, you're afraid of defending your field for the Lord. Come on, boo. Answer the question. Are you willing to be called a fool for the sake of the gospel? You see, this is important because you must have a good defense if you're going to win a championship. I've won a couple of championships and I 
played on the defense. And I understand that it gets tough in the trenches and you don't get a whole lot of uh, uh, celebration because they like the long passes and the quarterbacks and, and all the slick guys. I'm not throwing no shade, I'm just saying. But the reality is this. That's where the war is won in the trenches. But then you also have to have a good offense. If you're going to be a, a winner, you got to be with some winners. Who's in your pack? And if they're not winners, you need to get out of that pack. You need to kick some folks to the curb if they're not winning, because if they're not winning, they're whining. Now, if you're married, just come to me a little bit later. We'll do some counseling. Praise God. <laughs> If you're not married, hey, <laughs> run now. <laughs> Praise God. You're good. <laughs> I know you didn't like that, but it was good. Somebody say, come back. Praise God. Yeah. You know what? You got to have a good offense. There's one more guy I want to talk about, not just Shama, but out of all of these mighty men, these people that David had around him, this shepherd boy who became king, the greatest king, and had a child, his seed, the son of David. It's relevant today. It says this in 2 Samuel 23, 20. It says, Benaiah. You don't hear a brother name like that anymore. Benaiah, what's up, bro? <laughs> but he said, was the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzeel, who had done many deeds. Listen to what he says here. He had killed two lions like heroes of Moab. This boy was bad. He also had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. Woo! Come on, give me a snap just for that, brother. You know, this guy, Benaiah, is a witness that there are times that we have to go down into a pit to take a stand for Jesus. It may not always be comfortable where you are, but if you're a witness, he said, these signs shall follow they that believe and have been baptized. In my name, they shall cast out demons. They shall speak in new tongues. And if they've drunk anything, it shall not hurt them or harm them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover the Lord, confirming the word that is spoken. He said, tarry there and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth, in your home right now, in quarantine, in your community, in your, on your job, and all across this nation and wherever this broadcast goes. You will be my witness. But if you're going to be a witness for God, you're going to have to take a stand at some time. There's going to be a stand, and it's not going to be a comfortable stand. It may be on a snowy day. You see, this guy, if you thought Shama was bad, this one means Yahweh builds up. You see, this is the key to overcoming difficult times and also in a pandemic. When you understand what God has built up inside of you, you've got to be built up in your most holy faith so that no matter what comes your way, you're able to come against it. Amen. If you're not built up, you'll be blown over. Because everyone else is going to be going through the same thing. Yes, we might be in the same circumstances together, but don't get it twisted. We're not the same. Amen. Because we've got a promise. 
And when we've got a promise, it doesn't matter what the problem is. All you got to do is give it to the problem solver because he's able to take care of it. Come on. Won't he do it? Oh, yes, he will. You see, this is this is critical because watch this. He was willing to do something that most people weren't willing to do. He was willing to go down in a pit and take this lion out. Remember, the Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. You see, there are times when you have to go down into the pit, even in a time of snow. It would have been so much easier for him to stay locked behind closed doors in a cozy place. But this Benaiah, he said, I'm not staying there. And you say, what would have brought him out like that? I believe the screams of those that knew the lion was in the area and they were falling and succumbing to the lion's bite. They said that you could hear a lion's roar over 15 kilometers away. This lion was notorious. There's a lion that's notorious in this generation too. And a lot of people are running scared because of that lion. They're calling it this or that, but don't get it twisted. They are talking about this lion that looks like a lion and he's devouring whoever he can. Folks are getting devoured in this hour. But Benaiah, in this moment, he, he literally remembers the sound of mamas crying over their children. He remembers people that are saying, well, my loved one was, was eaten by that lion and everybody else was behind closed doors. Don't go out at dark. Don't go out without your mask. Don't go out like this. That lion is going to get you. But you see, I think that this is a good time for a say law. Pause and meditate. Because he sounds a little bit crazy. But Benaiah, when he went down into this, into this pit, he did not have a plan B. He had one plan. I go out, and I'm coming back alive. He had one plan. What happens in my contingency plan? There is no contingency plan. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me and the life that I live in the flesh. There is no contingency plan. I live it by faith in the Son of God that loved me and he gave himself for me. What? The enemy's coming after my marriage, coming after my family, after my job? It's time to fight. I'm going to fight you on this. I'll fight you in the morning. I'll fight you in the afternoon. I'll fight you in the evening. Because if God gave me a promise, it's fighting time. Oh, somebody say amen. Time for you to start balling up them fists. You used to be a rock thrower and a, a fist fighter when you were younger. See, Benaiah, the thing that I love about this brother is this. You see, he had to be a little bit crazy. It was kill or be killed. But the difference between him and Daniel of old is that Daniel was thrown into a pit. Benaiah walked into the pit on his own. See, this is even more important that you get this because God gives you the power of choice. And if you're going to take a witness stand, the first thing that you have to do is A, you have to have, you have to activate your crazy faith. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Some of you are saying, well, I need to get my license back. I need to get this back. I need to get that back. It's time to activate your crazy faith. I'm talking about that faith that everybody thinks you're crazy. I'm still going to get married. I don't have a man, but I'm going to get married. That's crazy faith. 
Some of y'all sitting back there and you're like, whoa, what is he saying? Like a deer caught in the headlights of a truck right now. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, thank you. Praise God. At least somebody going to talk back to me. There comes a time when we must resolutely choose the course we will follow or events will make the decision for us. Romans 12, 3 says, everyone has been given a measure of faith. Come on, somebody say, I have a measure of faith. So don't think highly of yourself as some do. But he says, soberly think of yourself, but activate the faith that's inside of you. You see, you've got a ministry too. It's not just me that's just sweating up here. You, you've got a ministry. And it's time for you to activate your faith. Come on, somebody say, it's activation time. God has given you some codes that you can activate. And it's called faith, forsaking all I trust him only. You see, this is critical because the Bible makes it clear the key to changing anything is faith. If you want to change circumstances in your life, it takes faith. If you want to change personality, it takes faith. If you want to change even, my God, the degree of what you're going through and what you're going through, it takes faith. I'm not talking about a positive mental attitude. I'm not talking about until they say the quarantine is over. I'm talking about you literally begin to now shake out your faith and begin to say, Lord, you gave me a promise and I believe that it's possible. It may not look good right now, but it's working for my good because God is working something out on your behalf. I feel it in my spirit. If you believe it, you need to give God a good amen in this house. I believe that God is saying, I'm working it out. My God, you've got to believe it in your spirit though. You've got to get it in your spirit that God will not abandon me. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy 31.8. The Lord, he goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Now, I understand the unknown is often accompanied by anxiety. Nevertheless, you need to know, you need to remember that the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. We may fear our expectations will be met, won't be met, but breathe a sigh of relief in knowing that your wants and your wishes ultimately are through knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's the one that makes it possible. Come on, somebody say, it's possible. possible. And you know, be what you got to understand. In this popular culture today, in the lexicon, they've got something called retweet. In other words, they say, I don't even have to say that, but that word was good. You got to retweet some stuff in your life. You got to retweet the stuff that God did good in your life. You can't have selective memory. You got to retweet. Come on, somebody say retweet, retweet, retweet. You see, when you begin to retweet, you begin to understand 2 Thessalonians 3.3. He says, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish and guard you from the evil one. You better write that promise down. Because whatever you say amen to on Sunday, on Monday, you're going to be tested. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, till you come back again. And when you go to school, don't think that you got an immunity. The word gives you that immunity. Praise God. You see, this is where you may not be able to feel God's presence physically, but he is with you working everything out for the greater good. There's no need to fear because God is here. He's your superhero. Come on, somebody say, Jesus is my superhero. You see, because he's your superhero, the last thing that I'm going to give you is this. And then I'm going to send you off because you got these things. And it's better to have a short pencil than a long memory. You see, some of you are not going to remember this because if you get 
the spirit of God and you don't get the word of God, you're going to blow up. If you get the word of God and you don't get the spirit of God, you'll dry up. But if you get the word of God and the spirit of God, you're going to grow up. And I, I heard from the Holy Ghost that he said there are miracles, signs, and wonders that are flowing right now. And it's flowing from the throne of grace. He's opened up the windows of heaven and he's pouring out blessings that you cannot contain. So you got to not only retweet, but the, the thing that you got to remember is this. Take a stand. Position yourself in peace. This week, position yourself in peace. You see, if you don't position yourself, you'll collapse when the problem comes. But problems are only situations to learn by. Amen. Praise God. You got to realize Philippians 3.8, this is the Passion Translation. It says this, to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. Listen to this. It's all like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. Yes, Jesus protects us. Yes, he'll not abandon us. However, knowing God is not about having a happy, clappy, delusional outlook during these uncertain times. On the contrary, Almighty God told the Israelites to fear not because he was with them and the same God is with us. Isaiah 41.10 says he calls things from ancient times that are not yet done. Because you can't count it out because God's not done with your story. Come on, somebody say it ain't done yet. It ain't done yet. You see, this is important because when you look at it, there is absolutely no need to fear COVID-19 or a situation. Yes, we respect it, but we don't fear it. Romans 8.31, the passion, it says again, so what does all this mean? If God is determined to stand with us, tell me, who then could ever stand against us? The mightiest soldier in the world went into the pit, and he went to the pit of Calvary, and he took on what looked like a roaring lion because he was the lion of the tribe of Judah. And not only did he take on this lion, but he took him on for you. So this greatest battle, this horrible pit, he came out of that. And like Benaiah, hallelujah, the Lord builds up. He's building you up in this moment. But also Shama, if he's built you up, he's going to send you out. He's not going to allow you to sit down. And don't think that the enemy won't come after you. But when he comes after you, all you have to do is give him one word. You give him the finger and say, not today, Shama. Because the Lord is there. He's in the battle with you. And he'll not leave you or forsake you. I don't care what it looks like right now. Don't count it down to all the evidence is in. Because you have an ending that is much more a blockbuster than Star Wars in all of the Rocky videos. I believe that God is declaring today the fight is a fixed fight. And you've already won. If you receive a given praise in this house today. Come on, give him some praise in this house. It's a fixed fight. I've already won. I'm on the winning side. I'm retweeting that. Retweet that. I've already won. But as you, as you look at this, you might be in your home and saying, I don't know, because I don't even know if God really is with me. Well, let's do some ABCs. 
Admit where you are right now. That's how you go where God wants you to go. But believe the message. It says it is by faith that one believes, and it's with the mouth that one confesses unto salvation. Romans 10, 19. You see, this is important because these are the ABCs of Christianity. If you just admit where you are, don't try to fake it till you make it, but believe the message as well. Believe that Jesus isn't dead, he's alive. And not only is he alive, but he's praying for you right now, and he's coming back again in bodily form. But then you confess, you open up your mouth, you hit the number on the screen, you begin to put hearts up, Pastor, I'm in. That's what you do in this place. When you do that, it's like a good breakfast of bacon and eggs. The chicken's involved, but the pig is committed. And when you commit yourself, you're like, no turning back. I'm standing on the promises of God. That's where you become a witness for Jesus. That's where the witness stand begins. But it doesn't stop. It continues on in the learning and the growing in the word of God. And then he says, see if I will not open up the windows and cast out a blessing you can't contain. Well, the blessing is inside of you. Because he in you is greater than he that is in the world when you believe on him. Let's do some, let's do some housekeeping. Pray this prayer with me out loud so nobody feels like they're on blast. Jesus, I surrender. I realize my life is out of control. But I give you my personal permission. For your heavenly intervention, I confess my sin. I turn from my sin, and I turn to you. Come into my life and make me the person you want me to be. Lord, I'm serious. Be the boss of my life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Like Ben Ayer, you're coming out of that pit now because Jesus is on the inside of you. And if you've made that declaration and you have prayed that prayer, I won't put you on blast. I will not embarrass you. But if this is the first time that you've done that by a show of hands, there might be 100 steps between you and God. He's already taken the 99, but you have to take one. It's a step of faith. That's where you take your stand. That's the witness stand. When you start moving by faith, if you're saying today, Lord, I surrender. Not 99%, but 100%, I'm giving it to you. I will not embarrass you if that's you and you prayed that prayer. On the count of three, lift up your hand as quick as you can, but see that hand that Jesus has coming down to reach your hand. Today, this is your get out of the pit opportunity. On the count of three, one, I want heaven to be my home. Two. Three. Come on, raise that hand as high as you can. God bless you. God bless you for hitting that, those hearts and hitting those hands. This is the second one. If you're saying, Lord, I'll be your witness. I'll go where you want me to go, do what you want me to do, and be what you want me to be. In this hour, if you're his witness, he's your protection. You stand to your feet right where you are. This is the witness stand. This is what it looks like. If you're not ready to stand, don't do it because somebody is telling you to do this. 
If you're sitting down, you'll continue to sit. But if you're serious about it, by faith, the unction right now is pouring into your heart to do what he's called you to do. Lift up your hands, please. You are at home too. Please lift up your hands. Father, the day is passing. The night is almost here. You said work while it is day, for when the darkness comes, no one can work. But today, by faith, in the name of Jesus, I decree over every hand and over every heart, Lord, by the action of their faith and standing, now you said, these signs shall follow they that believe and have been baptized. In my name, they'll cast out demons. Let that demon-destroying power work in them right now. Satan, the Lord who chose Jerusalem, rebuke you. And you said, they shall speak in new tongues. Lord, I pray glossolalia. I pray it over the airwaves. I pray now for a Holy Ghost move. Reveal yourself to them, Lord, in their homes. Reveal it to their hearts. Let their hearts be warmed by your peace and by your power now. That they would be your witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And Lord, you said, if they've drunk anything, it will not hurt them or harm them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I pray, Lord, every sickness, every cancer would be dried up. Every depression would be removed. I pray in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus would come against anxiety, depression, and oppression in Jesus' name. I pray that every poverty and every locked door would be now, Lord, opened in the name of Jesus. In this open door season. Lord, over marriages right now, over families, over children. I pray, God, loose that woman, loose that man, loose that family. Before kids go back to school, God, before they go into a pod, cover them under your blood. Remove sickness and disease far from them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, now let your witnesses, Lord, rejoice, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said, Amen. if you receive it, come on, give him a praise in this place. Come on, praise him in this place. No, praise him like you really mean it. Praise him like you believe it. Praise him like I got a promise in my hand. Praise him like an only child. Hallelujah.